Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. But uh, let's go to our next guest, and uh, I tell you, she deserves a standing ovation. We absolutely love her. The coach of the Australian men's netball team, back on the coast, Nerida Stewart. Good morning. Welcome back to our show. Good morning, fellas. And all these standing ovations, I'm I'm blushing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, you thoroughly deserve it because, like Gary Birkinshaw said earlier this morning, well, pick it up, Guru. Six months ago, have we ever heard about this sport? No, look. Men's netball, and it's probably fair to say, six months ago, no one really knew it. And now, fast forward to the six months, you know, they're live on live free-to-air TV. The media coverage they get, we see Nerida on the TV and media all the time. And, and there's full credit to, to the netball organisation that they've actually promoted the men's sport the way they have. And, and I think you can take a lot of credit for that as well. I was on social media uh, this morning, just having a look and, and forever promoting it, and you know, what you've achieved you know, in recent times with the the tournament against uh, against New Zealand, then the game against England. But it's not only men's opens; it's under 23s and under 20s and mixed as well. So, congratulations on what you've done. Thanks so much. It's been a bit of a whirlwind six months, and I think the people that dreamt the dream early early on are, are absolutely stoked at, at what's happened over the last six months but particularly the last four weeks it's, it's been um, really embraced by the broader netball community and now world netball have really got behind the this brand of the game and it's a really positive outlook for, for men's netball um, in the future which is great Hey Nerida, since we last spoke to you I don't think you'd played the English men, can you tell us about that experience because that got huge coverage Oh, look, that was uh, an absolute pinch-me moment for myself and a lot of the boys. I think over the course of the New Zealand test, I think we got a bit of traction with media and we got some more crowds in the grandstands. And then we hit Kudos Bank Arena um, for the English test and the crowd was enormous. And, and the sound of, you know, the supporters backing the boys for particularly the last half of the game was just something that... I know that these boys have dreamt about for a really long time, but for me as a coach, was just a real... Doing that in your hometown was just fantastic. The English team were, were there to, you know, promote their game for their country and, and also for the broader game. And um, they, you know, brought out a lot of younger boys and really took it to us in the first, probably uh, half of the first quarter. And then the, um, the Aussie boys sort of put the pedal down and came away with a pretty, pretty convincing win. Yeah, Narrative, tell me a little bit more about the players. How have they embraced this new uh, found stardom, I suppose, to a certain degree, a new exposure? How have they handled that? And, gee, it must be exciting looking forward to the future and what it, what it can offer them. Look, I think there's been a lot of uh, work in the background for us. There's a lot of education pieces that we've constantly had to roll out with the team to make sure that they're adjusting well and, and not sort of getting ahead of themselves. And there was a big message for us about every time we got out there, you know, not to play the occasion, but to play the game. And that was sort of a mantra that we had throughout the whole process. And I think uh, the Fast Five tournament that we just had in Christchurch was was a little bit more difficult because it's, it's 
almost like a real carnival atmosphere and the boys were getting a lot of media coverage and, and stuff there. And they, they tended to get a little bit caught up in that, but it was um, a lot of fun. And I think this whole thing is just a massive learning experience for them and one that they're embracing fully, which is, which is brilliant. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the Fast Fives and how that tournament went, but also have you seen a bit of a changing of the guard in terms of crowds? Like, are you seeing this start to cut through and you're getting a lot of maybe female fans who've always gone to the netball starting to embrace the men's code? Yeah, look, I, I think since I've been back, you, you heard a bit of it while we are away, but since some, and, and even after the Sydney game, there was a lot of fans that were in the crowd that had sort of come to have photos with the boys post-game that had sort of said to them, you know, we'd never really watch men's netball and we can't wait to see more of it. And I think since I've been back, I've had some conversations with some, you know, netball stalwarts that have been around the game for a long time who had this sort of preconception as to what men's netball would be and then watched it uh, during the last couple of tests and, and the Fast Five and they're, they're hooked. They just can't wait to see more, which is great because then it's a, you know, a promotional piece and everyone knows word of mouth is fantastic with anything. So... Hopefully we can sort of get them to engage with more of the crowds and, and next year we get, you know, even more people at the game. If, if we look at NRL versus NRLW, there'd be a lot of people say that they love the NRLW because there's aspects of the game that don't reflect what we see in the NRL. So there's far less wrestle. There's great skill level, of course, but what about the differences between the women's game and the men's game in Nepal? Look, I think it's um, the gaps... I suppose from a skill perspective, the gap's closing because the men have really um, upskilled in the last few years around their game. And I think the difference probably is more of a physical thing at the moment. Uh, the, the boys are a lot faster and a lot stronger in the air than the, than the girls are. Um, and I think that the catch-up piece for the men is that they need to understand that court craft and that court sense in the game that the girls have really have, have had embedded in them since their fundamental sort of years. I think when you come to any sport late in the piece, you're sort of catching up on all those early um, fundamental skills and, and the language and stuff. So uh, they're very quick learners. That is one thing that I've learned about men, that they uh, learn and implement very quickly. So I can't see that the, the gap will be too big for too long. doesn't sound like a lot of the men that I know learn and implement and adapt quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Normally it takes decades. Hey, uh, where is, where, particularly looking at the guys alongside me, where, uh, where have your men come from? Have they always been netball players or have they come from other sports? Uh, because, yeah, as a former AFL player, I found netball a fantastic game to play personally. So how about for you? Look, we, we do have a lot of boys that have crossed over, particularly the Victorian boys um, have done AFL uh, and netball and have continued to. A lot of the country associations in Victoria have these um, clubs that are netball and AFL based. So there tends to be a little bit of a crossover and the AFL boys will get involved in the mixed netball, whether it's with their sisters or their girlfriends or mums or any of that. And so they start to be sort of exposed to that. But there are about 50% of the, the squad that have been playing since they're juniors. Um, whether they've been involved as a player up until 12 and then tried to find opportunity elsewhere. But we do have a bit of a crossover, a few basketballers, a few soccer players. Um, there is a, a sort of multi-sport that people have just had opportunity to play netball and realised that they're quite good at it um, and then looked for opportunity to get better and, and it's, it's sort of just developed from there. 
Nerida, we're starting to get the wind-up from our producer. So Gary and I are going to hit you with three more quick questions in the next minute. You go first, Guru. Okay. So, so Australia New Zealand, certainly the leaders. England's coming along. What's the position worldwide in relation to other nations in, in playing men's netball? We've got uh, Jamaica and South Africa that also have a national team uh, for the men at, at the moment. So the top five women's uh, countries have a national men's side. So hopefully if we can get one more, Uganda are punching on the door too. So hopefully we can look to have maybe a World Cup pretty soon. Yeah, here's my two f- rapid-fire questions. When does the conversation start in earnest about 2032, the Olympics in Brisbane? Now. <laughs> like okay, now great answer. We've got some Central Coast players in this squad. Tell us more. Uh, Liam Forcadier is in the squad. He's uh, played through the last test and the uh, Fast Five series and is an exceptional netballer. I think he's got an exceptional family background in sport, but he's going to be around for a long time and potentially could be one of those faces that you see in the World Cup. So look out. And final question, and you can answer this with a one-word answer, but the sponsorship debacle... Women's netball hard done by in terms of the national media coverage? Uh, No, I think there's a lot more to the story than a lot of people understand and I think people need to educate themselves before we make comments. Oh, okay. We'd like to probe on that, but we won't. (laughs) I tell you, it's been so good to have you back on and uh, we'll catch you Monday with NBN Television. Sounds great. Thanks, fellas. Always happy to talk men's netball. You know that. Yeah. Congratulations. Another standing O for Nerida Stewart joining us on this Saturday morning.